Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Three rounds in the books at the 2022 Australian Open, and day seven begins with quarterfinal spots on the line. It was survive and advance for these major champions on day six, as hope remains for a first Australian Open title. Plus, top ten star Maria Sakri takes time away from the court to give us a taste of the full Greek experience. I can go on for hours talking about Greek food. And our experts look ahead to today's high-stakes matches featuring these American contenders. All those stories and more over the next two hours on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live. It is day seven of the Australian Open. Welcome to TC Live presented by Geico. Our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. We are down to the Sweet 16 with the first quarterfinal spots on the line today. Here is what's in store. Some huge matchups. Madison Keys, Paula Bedosa, Jesse Pagula, Maria Sakri, plus... Rafa Nadal continues his quest for 21 majors. Alexander Zverev taking on Denis Shapovalov. And then that rematch from Roland Garros in 2019 between Ash Barty and Amanda Anasimova. With that, we welcome you back into our studios in Santa Monica. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer, Martina Navratilova. The Hall of Famer, Lindsay Davenport from 60 Minutes in Sports Illustrated. The great John Wertheim. Yeah, bring it in. Uh, a lot to get to. The round of 16 getting underway. What's the biggest thing on your mind, Lindsay? Uh, so often in the sport, it can be so emotional. We see a lot of tears. A lot of times they are sad tears from losing. How great was it yesterday to see the happy tears, the emotional tears from Taylor Fritz? His goal was to try and get to the second week of a major. He watched a lot of his peers be able to achieve that. It happened for him yesterday, and it all seemed to come boiling over after the match. Big win over Batista Agut. You could just see, I mean, players talk about what it means to them, and, and you know they train so hard. And once in a blue moon, you actually see it come out of the player, and that was great to see yesterday. Oh, for seven in yeah. third rounds coming in. Finally get it done. He is no longer a third-round bot. Uh, John, <laughs> what's on your mind? Oh, I like that. Uh, different kind of emotional triumph. New rule. We forfeit all right to accuse Sabalenka Arena Sabalenka of lacking a plan B, of failing to have other gears. She is going through what is really a mental health sort of crisis. She cannot serve. She has figured out a way to get through matches. She's really leaned into these yips. She talks about it publicly. We'll talk about it later in the show. She's the second seed. She's still in the draw in a weird way. This is kind of a breakthrough event for her. And uh, I have a lot of admiration for the way she's handled this and the fact that she's figured out ways to keep winning. Yeah, she, you won't believe what she said after 10 double faults. Martina? Leaning into the yips. That's a sentence <laughs> no I did intended. not think I would hear. Um, for me, it's uh, six of the top eight women are still in the tournament. But we also have five people in the round of 16 that probably didn't expect to be there. Anisimova, Kirstea, Cornet, uh, Kanepi, yeah. and one more, uh, Collins. 
Daniel Collins, they have all been there, but they probably didn't expect to be here. So it's really nice to have a mix of, 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 of expected uh, people in the round of 16 and unexpected. Six of the top eight. We also have four American yeah, women. That's yeah. the most of any country. And they all have a shot to finish this event as the number one ranked American in the rankings. Take a look at this. Right now, the live rankings have Coco Golf as the top ranked American at 16 in the world. Jesse Pagula, if she gets to the quarterfinals, wins one match, she'll pass Coco. Danielle Collins, Madison Keys, Amanda Anasimova, they all have opportunities to get ahead of Coco as well. Shelby Rogers at a career-high 36 in the world right now. Out of singles, she's still in doubles. So, Lindsay, who do you think is going to be the top-ranked oh, American loaded. woman at the end of this event? Let's talk about it in a few days. <laughs> You know, we, we, it's so great to see the American women playing well. I mean, four out of the last 16 is just awesome. Um, but big matches coming up, especially for Anna Samova. How does she recover 48 hours after beating Osaka to now take on Ash Barty? Gosh, that's a tough match to play right after right. Osaka. Madison, who's been playing so well. I mean, Paula Badosa has been playing some of the best tennis on tour. So those two have really tough matches today. Um, very hopeful that uh, we'll see some more Americans in the quarterfinals, all four, hopefully. I'll give you two ironies. Serena Williams, Sloane Stevens, and Sonia Kennan. Those are the last three Americans to win majors. They're not on the board. The other irony is Coco's coming off what I, I think she would agree. is That's a, a rough loss. First round, she's lost to a player outside the top 100. be a little ironic if this, this would be a great triumph for her to become the top American. The fact that it would come after what has really been not one of the better weeks of her career. I mean, you know, it's a nice little bit of silver lining. She could be the top American. Yeah, I think nobody's playing attention to the live rankings, and the players certainly shouldn't be, but great opportunity for so many of them. Uh, again, some expected to be here, some are hoping to be here, and uh, they're still alive. So uh, who knows who will be there in a couple of weeks? We'll see, but great opportunity. Yeah, the players that are still in, doing well here in Melbourne means much more than if I'm going to be one, the number one American, right, sure. the number two American, right, you right. almost look at that as like a consolation prize if you lose. But if you can come out of this saying, I got to Grand Slam final, semi or one, of course, that's what they're all playing for right now. Exactly. Uh, so nobody answered the question. <laughs> Who do we think is going to be the, we don't the care. number one? Yeah. Give there us, you go. I like, uh, <laughs> That's the best answer. I like Link. Can you give us 72 hours? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I think just, just doing the pure math, probably Coco, short of an incredible run by, by the three players that are still active well, in the Well, I think if Pagula, wins, yeah, if Pagula I think, yeah. wins today, she passes her. They were trying if to figure she, out the math. Yeah, but it we seems were, so important when the Olympics were on the horizon. No, no. Right? No, that's it a just good does point. It, let's just matter. wait. Right. What do you think, Steve? I don't know. I mean, I've got my experts here, you know, uh, and all skirting the question. And you're not saying it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Shelby Rogers, who was on that list, is going to be on this show later on. We'll ask her about her experience down under, plus all of the big highlights from day six. Find out what motivates the newest Greek goddess. And where in the world is Novak Djokovic at the peak of the sport? And top of a mountain, literally. But first, the Sabalenka serve has been in shambles. John talked about it. Find out why another day with double-digit doubles had her feeling delightful. TC Live at the Australian Open is presented by GEICO. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Geico, taking a look at our daily schedule. We are with you 
5 to 7 p.m. Eastern every day. TC Live during the Australian Open leading up to the live action today on ESPN2 and ESPN+. And Brett Haber and Paul Anacone have you covered with our Encore presentation, 11 a.m. Eastern. Well, last year, Daniil Medvedev got a taste of glory. He was the runner-up to Novak Djokovic in Melbourne, the second major final he lost, and pushed him to his best season ever, tour-leading 63-match wins and his first major title at the U.S. Open. So Medvedev looking to become the first player to follow his first Grand Slam title with his second major at the next event, playing the only man to take a set off him in New York, Botic van der Zanschel, Martina. Yeah, Botic just could not find any openings on Medvedev's serve. He only had three break points the whole match. Uh, Medvedev served really well, had 10 aces, just really dominated every aspect of the match. Wasn't, was close, 6-4, 6-4, 6-2. But uh, Medvedev just really dominating from the baseline, pushing Botic back. Van der Zanschel likes to come to the net. He really didn't have that many opportunities as Medvedev served really well, backed it up and uh, ran away with the match in the third set as he gets the double break. Can't even get that shot. And uh, Medvedev is looking really, really sharp, has had just no no hiccups and playing better with each match. So he must really like where he is sitting right now. Into the fourth round here for the fourth straight time. Medvedev moving on. Pretty happy about my level, served well. Uh, didn't get broken even if he had opportunities. Was running pretty well and uh, yeah, was doing some good shots. So happy about my performance and looking forward to uh, to next match. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. All right, so he's happy, thinks he played well. John, eyeball test, is he, is he the best men's player we've seen so far in this draw? I would say so. It was a week ago that we had the expulsion of Novak, which made Medvedev the prohibitive favorite. Finals last year, won the last major, which was played on hard courts. He's given no reason to think otherwise. Just very sort of professional. He had the, I mean, a lot of variety in the opposition. You know, he had the, the, the Curios review and all that goes with it. You had an opponent he should have beaten who he played recently in a major. Spoiler alert, he gets a serve and volley or next. So, you know, I mean, he's had to adjust his game, but so far very just sort of drama-free professional. I think he was your favorite and is your favorite. It's hard when you're the overwhelming favorite, and that's exactly what happened as soon as Novak was out of the draw. He's handled it perfectly this mm-hmm. first week. No drama. There could have been drama, especially, as John said, with Kyrgios. He's just done a fantastic job of getting through his matches, getting better, kind of playing his way into the tournament with a little fanfare and just not really expending any extra energy on outside stuff. It's perfect first week for him. What facet of his game stands out most to you so far? I think his head, really. Just the way he has developed his game kind of slowly got to the top. And that's why I think he's handled it so well. Now he's won the U.S. Open, so he's a major champion. So he has to feel like a favorite anywhere he plays. And he's really wearing the mantle very well. And his game is just so solid. And if anything, it keeps getting better. All right, we shall see. He could meet Stefano Tsitsipas in the semifinals. Let's take a look at the Greek god. How would he fare in his match trying to get to the fourth round, trying to become the youngest men's singles champion since Rafa Nadal at the Australian Open back in 2009? But, Johnny, he had that tricky task of Benoit Paire. 
Yeah, I mean, Benoit Pair, obviously, one of these, you never know what you're going to get. I do think the best of five format changes the complexion of these matches because you feel like even if Benoit Pair gets hot, can he sustain it? And, you know, I mean, since about this two-time semifinalist here, I think a lot of us certainly, uh, self-included, discounted him a little bit because of the concern about the elbow. But so far, it was a very solid first week. Uh, yeah, that's Benoit Pair for you in the yellow. A little uh, French razzle-dazzle. Um, it's fun, it's entertaining, it's good for an hour, but you win the first two sets against Benoit Pair, as Sitsipas did, and you feel like you're going to be okay. Sitsipas takes the third, Pair took the third, but you still never really felt like this match was in jeopardy. You look at the stats, Mitch, 47 winners to 26 unforced errors. Got to be pleased with that. And, I mean, I don't know about you guys, I've seen zero indication that this guy's playing with an elbow injury. That's a nice, solid win to move into week two. 21 aces for Tsitsipas, won nearly 90% of the points on his first serve. A 50-burger of unforced errors for Pear. Uh, meantime, on the women's side, all eyes on that arena. Sabalenka serves 70 double faults in her first four matches this year, playing Marketa Vondrasova, Lindsay. Yeah, we were surprised Vondrasova was actually a, a favorite going into this. Yes, of course, we know Sabalenka's service goes. You're still talking about the number two player in the world. Great opening set for Vondrasova, but... Steve, it just seemed like something clicked early in the second set for Sabalenka. Stopped worrying about the serve as much and just let the tennis take over. All of a sudden, she started to find her groove. Great opening start to the second set. Won the first three games. Never looked back. Got back to controlling the points from the baseline. The serve, blissfully for Sabalenka, was not really a factor in this match. And that's what she wants to make it about. She wants to make it about hitting tennis balls and handled the variety of Andrasova well, able to overpower her on these quick courts. All of a sudden, we saw the best set of tennis we've seen from Sabalenka this year to end this match. That has to give her confidence going forward. Ten total double faults, but spread out in an unharmful manner. Four, three, and three. What did Sabalenka think about that? I'm really happy right now, and mostly I'm happy that I made only ten double faults. I think it's more mental because I put a lot of pressure on myself about my serve and I'm, um, the last matches I was trying to control everything on my serve, my, my legs, my arm, uh, the, the, the ball toss and it was overthinking and um, yeah and I just stopped thinking, um, I was fo- like today for example I was focusing only on the good jump and, and that's it and I think because I have this muscle memory, and I just trust myself today much more than in the first matches. Martina, have you ever seen somebody so happy to have <laughs> 10 double faults? <laughs> well, it could have been a lot worse. has been a lot worse. But I love the way she owns it. And she also understands what she needs to do. Because we, particularly women, have a tendency to overanalyze. When things go wrong, we, you know, we can think of 10 bad things. She concentrated on the one good thing that made a difference for her. So I think she's problem-solving really well. And, and she's making fun of herself for that. So that helps with the nerves overall. So I think she's handling it well so far. This is not something we see often. There's, there's no real precedent. This is unfolding in real time. She's on the other side of the world. There's not a huge team. I mean, we're getting a real insight to sort of how she thinks and how she perceives stress and situations. And I, I love this. I mean, it's, you said she, she's owned it. She's poked fun out of it. I mean, no, no pun intended. She, she's leaned into it given uh, sort of the, the, the physical, mental and. She's still in the tournament. I, yeah. I think in a weird way, she's probably proven something to herself this exactly. week that's very different than what she's ever had to encounter in the past. Yeah, you can hear her quotes, and, and there's some weeks where the team is really important, and other weeks th- things just click for the player, and you kind of just let the player play. 
This is a week where her team, and you can hear it in her answers, has come up absolutely huge for her. Whether it's her coach Anton or trainer Jason, she's saying the right things. She's trying to work through it. Clearly, they're having talks about it. Let's just focus on one thing, spending time on the court. And she's starting to buy in, and you could hear it in her answers. It's very positive. She's not getting down on herself, trying to fight through it. So I give the people around her also a lot of credit yeah. for keeping her spirits up, keeping her fighting, and keeping her believing you can win your first major here. We just have to get through this. Let's work through it. And so kudos to everybody on Team Sabalenka. I, I would put it, we've seen this in other sports. So we, we've talked about whether it's golf or whether it's free throw shooting or whether there's sometimes a catcher can't throw the ball to the pitcher. It's all mental. And I've never seen this. I've never seen an athlete absolutely confronted with a smile, poke fun at herself. This is a very different – this is not something you game plan for as a team, yeah. so I think, I think you're right. But I also think this is a unique reaction, and I think it's, it's certainly served her well so far. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on, on her because of that serve. But in a way, it almost takes the pressure off because we always say, oh, the, racket, the match is on her racket. You know, right. she's the boss. Now she has to problem solve, and, and it's almost like being sick. You play better when you're sick because uh, I'm not going to win because I'm sick, and you just play much looser right. in a way. So maybe it takes some of the pressure off, but it's a different kind of pressure. But she's handling it beautifully. Yeah. I, I love, love yeah. the self-deprecation. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I mean, that, that kind of takes away yeah. some of that pressure. And then in the end, it can only get better, yeah. right? Exactly. She's a double-digit right. double fault, and she's in to the round yeah. of 16. Yeah. She could certainly win this tournament still. Right. How about Simona Hallett? She's got it on her racket as well. A former finalist here looking to make the fourth round for the fifth straight year. Lindsay, no trouble with Donka Kovinic. You talk about having a nice opening week. Hello, Simona Hallett, who came into the season. We weren't sure what to expect. She had split with her longtime coach, Darren Cahill. She's gotten married. I tell you, she's playing some of the best tennis I've seen Hallett play. She has found that nice ratio of defense, to, but to awesome offense so far in these first three rounds. She absolutely dominated play against Kovinich. Kovinich had that long win over Raducanu in the round before. This was a walk in the park for Halep. Just a little over an hour. Lots of winners. Has to be thrilled with where her game is at going into the second week. Also, her draw. She's got a nice looking draw. She's only dropped 12 games so far in all six of her sets. Still perfect for 2022. Iga Sviantek, Martina, uh, low-key, playing extremely well. Yeah, well, 6-2, 6-3, but this match was a lot closer than the score. Sviantek was uh, four, 4 of 8 on break points. Kasatkina, 1 of 9. So, really, Sviantek just played the big points much better than Kasatkina. She had 13 winners and 37 unforced errors. She's going to have to clean that up if she wants to go on. To me, Halep is the favorite in that half the way Shrontek won this match. What did she say here, Martina? She says, fourth round, time to make my new PB, personal best, not peanut butter and jelly sandwich, at AO. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, she's doing that, but she needs to play better than, than she did uh, against Kazakino. She was the only player last year to make the fourth round at all the majors. This is the sixth straight major that she's made the fourth round. So that says a lot to you at the end, John, when she's more. like, I want more now. The first one, she won, and I think we forget. She, she didn't back it up in 2021 with another major, but what did she do? She's really solidified her place. There's so much to like about her. She's so composed out there. Interesting camera signatures, but that's sort of become her signature, no pun intended. Um, I, we should be talking about her more, and uh, I'm sure we will in week two.
Yeah, we have a, a nice era right now in women's tennis with a lot of different playing styles. Obviously, we just talked about Sabalenka and how hard she hits everything. Then you have a player like Sviantek who has the head, she's got the heart, and she's also got the hands and how she's able to construct her points. Really fun to watch her play when she's playing her best tennis. She's gone through this first week, has looked awfully good. Made that big coaching change as well in the mm -hmm. offseason, one that not a lot of us were expecting, but hired another great Polish coach in, in Thomas. I think good things are ahead for her this year. We'll see if it happens in Australia. Got Serana Kirstea next. So to make the quarterfinals, not the worst draw either. Oh, I think that's, she'll be pretty happy with that. She will be the boss on the court. But uh, I like uh, what Elizabeth was saying. It's such a great mix on the women's tour now with personalities, nationalities, styles. Ages. Uh, ages <laughs> yeah. uh, as well. So it's such a great mix. I'm loving women's tennis right now. Talk about the coaching for Iga Sviantek. How about Simona Halep? Yeah. Uh, a, a coaching change as well. And she's here into the fourth round. You talked about her draw. I mean, she's got Alize Cornet next. Yep. And, you know, you never know. And, and obviously, Cahill and Halep had a relationship on the great coaching relationship for years and years. And so you never know how that is going to boil over. In the next tournament, he's coaching someone else, and they're doing well. But she's handled it great. Um, we'll see how far she can go. But I don't know. She looks free out there. Yep. She looks like yep. she's playing really well. She's got her husband there. She's got a couple of, of Romanian coaches as well. Um, but you can tell so much with her attitude. And when she's stressed, you can kind of see it. You can feel it with her. Um, I haven't gotten that sense at the Australian Open yet. I mean, you, you guys know this better than we do, that this coaching relationship is so personal. And sometimes these are superstars and sometimes these are coaches no one's heard of and they connect with you. I feel like Holop's sort of at that sweet spot house money part of her career. You know, early 30, you know, she's, she's got plenty of time, but... She's married, she's moved on, she's won her major. I mean, it, she can play with a certain freedom where if she, she quits tomorrow, she's in the Hall of Fame, and if she can turn it on, she turns it on. But the skills are still there, but I feel like a lot of the, the baggage and the pressure is gone. Yeah, I feel like she's playing tennis rather than playing to please the coach mm. or, or, you know, implement the game plan. And uh, she looks a lot more relaxed. Maybe being married helps also. You don't have to, like, kind of... Try to keep the guy, you know, you set, settle. <laughs> with, with, you make too many allowances, and now she's settled. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I went there. It's fine. She just looks more relaxed. Whatever she's doing, keep doing it. It's working. Mm -hmm. Your reaction said it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys play better when they're in a relationship. Yeah. Women, sometimes they don't. Usually they play their best tennis when they split up. It's like, what? Anyway, it's a uh, difference between men and women, but uh, good for her. She's, she's in a good place. She's there in a great go. place. What's That's all that matters. Mind, body, and soul. <laughs> when we come back, the red, white, and blue putting on a major fireworks display in Australia. Which one of these great stars could advance to the grand finale? Stay with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome back to TC Live. 2019 semifinalist Danielle Collins looking to make it four American women in the fourth round, taking on the Danish team, Clara Tossen. This was a roller coaster, Lindsay. What a fun match this was. Both these players were absolutely crushing the ground stroke, Steve. Danielle Collins has a little bit more experience, and we didn't know how Tossen was going to react to playing the biggest match so far of her young career. She reacted well. She played so well. But it was Collins who was able to step it up when she needed to. And Collins' energy really carried her through this match. Lots of come-ons. Tossin was able to save a couple of match points in the 10th game. But Collins went right back to putting the pressure on. Similar to Anna Samova, how about ending the match with two winners? They're, that backhand there, how about this return? Does not get much game better than that. And Danielle Collins into the second week of a major again. Third time for her to do that. 33 winners for Danielle Collins. A tournament does not really start until you get the first big come on from the Danimal. Uh, what stood out to you, Martina, about the way she was able to come back in this match? Well, she came back and she was the favorite. She, it's, it's difficult to, to play your best when you are the favorite. Mm -hmm. She's not usually in the position in the round of 32, right? So this is a new situation for her and she handled it beautifully. Playing against somebody that hits the ball just as hard and she, had, you know, she, she stood up to it. I say come on to the tennis analytics quotes because I, I would love to see some sort of metrics about just toughness. I mean, five all, third set, who wants it more? And you know that that's, that's Danielle Collins' time, and that is a reputation that I'm sure echoes around the locker room. And there are players that hit the ball harder. She's a nice athlete, but they're better movers. She's just so tough. And as long as that is a virtue of yours, it may not show up on a stat sheet, but that is something yep. that can get you a long way in the sport. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to see her in Australia playing so well again. This, this result should get her back into the top 30. Tennis is fun when she's back up there and playing well and ripping shots, and, and we see that attitude. That, you know, we're talking about all the differences in women's tennis, all the variety. Well, attitudes as well. And Danielle Collins brings it, as John Wertheim was just saying, Fun when she's playing well. Yep. One of those boxes that you got to check, intangibles. Yep. yep. What are they? Exactly. Danielle Collins has <laughs> it. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, on the men's side, Taylor Fritz looking to do something for the first time. Make a round of 16 at a major playing Roberto Bautista Agut. First set was a bagel, Martina. And as we know, Fritz thinks there is a six-love jinx. Maybe they should have yeah, lost right. the game on purpose. Uh, he wins the first set six-love. He says, yeah, I hate when that happens. I was pretty happy with that. And sure enough, uh, of course, the opponent feels no pressure after that. Uh, Taylor dominated with his forehand throughout the match. But then Batista would turn it around a little bit, held his own. But Batista Agut, as you see here, doing most more of the defending. Taylor Fritz more inside the net. That time, okay, Batista would turn it around and wins the third set. But Taylor really dominated with his serve. Wasn't coming in. He dominated both from the back end and the forehand. 73 winners, 35 on the forehand. Just doing a great job on the big points, 10 of 19 break points, and uh, at the end he gets the he gets the fourth set, and that's where physical fitness comes in. He's been working hard on that footwork and the physical fitness, and really paid off with his big frame. Gets the gets the break early in the third set, in the fifth set, and then finishes it on a double fault with another break, and he breaks down. Yeah, you see the reaction from Taylor Fritz. This has been a big goal for the American. It's huge, you know, like, it, it seems stupid, like, after the match, I was, like, almost close to, like, tearing up a bit, but, like, it's, it seems stupid because so many people have made the second week of slams, but it's just, like, eluded me for so long. I've had a lot of 
tough matches, honestly, a lot of tough draws. I've never gotten a great a great look at it, I guess. But, um, yeah, it, it means a ton. And also to do it against someone who's basically been my dad my whole professional career. Who's your daddy? Uh, how about the other American, Maxime Cressy and Christopher O'Connell? Just nine Grand Slam match wins between them coming in. But Cressy is bringing the serve and volley back. Yeah, I would say uh, Max Cressy in the white, but just he, he's the guy who's inevitably coming forward. Um, he's committed to the style, our serve and volleyer, and this is the guy who just cracked the top 75 for the first time two weeks ago, and he has kept it going here. This is really great stuff to see. We'll talk all about sort of the throwback. Here's McConnell, the wild card, clawing his way back into the match, but then Cressy just absolutely turns it on. Listen to this, guys. 71 winners to 21 unforced errors. You're not going to lose much. When you're doing that, a lot of points won at the net. Look at a nice crisp backhand to get the break in the fourth set. And this guy is returning as well as coming in. 50 points won at the net. A lot of fun to watch. And he is in week two. Very nice effort. Had six wins last year, nine already this year. He gets Daniil Medvedev next. And if you remember, Martin, in the Paris Masters, Novak Djokovic beat Daniil Medvedev by implementing the serve and volley. He did it 22 times. He won 19 of those points. So, with the way Maxime Cressy plays, what do you expect against Medvedev? I didn't remember that because I didn't see that. But uh, it's a great point to make. But also, you would not expect it from Novak to do it. So, maybe he won some of those points by surprise with Cressy. Medvedev knows this is going to be happening. It's a faster court. I think he'll be ready for it. It'll be interesting to see where he stands on the return of serve. If he changes the position, because if he's too far behind the baseline... Cressy will hold, so uh, it'll be interesting tactic-wise what happens there, but still, Medvedev has to be the favorite. Mm -hmm. It's going to be definitely one of the biggest matches for Cressy on the biggest court against one of the favorites. Just love his emotion, though, or lack of. I mean, he is just going about his business. He's not getting too excited. He hits a forehand return winner to go a double break in the fourth, essentially guaranteeing him the match and not... Not a peep. We just saw Danielle Collins and all her energy. And there's the opposite with Cressy, who's having the tournament or the Grand Slam of his career so far. And he's handling it like he believes he should be there, been there, done that. Love to see that side as well of a player. They say, well, you don't have a sponsor. And his response was, well, you know, it's COVID, and I'm going to have more power to negotiate when I make the second week of a major. I mean, there, there is no shortage of self-belief here. And again... Three matches played, 299 net approaches. If my math is right, that that's about 100 a match. It's really remarkable that he is this committed to his house. They asked Medvedev. They, they said, well, you know, this, you're going to play a server volley or next. And Medvedev, paraphrasing, but basically said, bring it on. Bring it on. So uh, it, it's an interesting contrast in styles. But uh, Max Cressy has been a real revelation. He says he doesn't care how far Medvedev goes back for He's like, I only focus on myself. Yeah. With, with Sabalenka, self-deprecation. With Cressy, it's self-confidence and big time. For Taylor Fritz, he said he felt better after this match than he did after his last one. So he is really improving. He's never beaten Stefano Tsitsipas. Can he get it done? Uh, well, he's never been this far in, in a major. So uh, uh, you make history when you keep playing well. And he, he has the game for it. I mean, he, the, the way he dominated from the baseline against Agut, who, de, who defends so well, Tsitsipas is a different player. But, yeah, he could. it's going to be a close match. I mean, he's in it. Yeah, yeah. We've, I mean, we were just talking about it with Sitsipas. His elbow, it's obviously the wild card mm-hmm. there, but absolutely, with how much better Fritz is moving, how, how easily he's winning some of those baseline points, just crushing the ground strokes. He's got that new belief. I think he'll be able to play this match a little bit more free, 
than if it was a third round. Mm -hmm. That seemed to be right. the hump yeah. that he was really trying to get over. He's been through that now. Now it's icing on the cake. I, I think we're going to see the best match that we've seen yet from Fritz in this tournament. He had a really interesting point, too, in press where he said when you're seated 25 to 32, you're going to play one of the top guys in round three. It's sort of a, a disguised curse. Um, he's not in that zone anymore. He's in the 17 to 24, and that's completely changed his drive. I like what you said yesterday, Steve. That Indian Wells really seemed to have transformed him, and now big, big opportunity. Passed, passed a big test yesterday. He got a big one tomorrow. Yeah, and once he got to that quarterfinal in Indian Wells, he won that quarterfinal. Now finally a fourth round here. We'll see. Could be first quarterfinal to major for Taylor Fritz. A lot more to get to when we return to TC Live. It's day seven. Quarterfinal spots being given out to the winners today. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Plus, all customers can play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code ACE and buy Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Welcome back to TC Live. I'm Steve Weissman. You can't spell Maxime without Max. And Cressy believes his game can max out at number one in the world. Right now, the American is already at the top of one category, maximum match wins on tour. You can find stories like that on Tennis.com. Your source for everything to follow our sport. Right now, Matt Fitzgerald writes about a couple Spanish stars. And Jordan Sanford has the quote of the day. For today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Hi, everybody. I'm meteorologist Amy Freeze. It's a hot one for the Australian Open today. Temperatures are starting in the 60s, but heating up to 95. Expect increasing clouds throughout the afternoon. Precise, personal, powerful. Go to foxweather.com to download the app and watch now. Thank you, Amy. Still to come, Maria Sakri has a Spartan spirit. But find out which other Greek stars have inspired her rise to the top. Welcome back to TC Live, presented by Geico. For the first time in her career, Maria Sakri is a top 10 seed at a major, and she's lived up to the ranking. The Greek star hasn't dropped a set on her way to the fourth round. Sakri said that she feels like she's at home in Melbourne, but we wanted to learn about her actual roots. Maria Sakri, made in Greece. And the Greek is the champion here in Rabat. Well done to her. The love for food, history, mythology, uh, the beauty of the islands, and hospitality. 
number one, fly into Athens and go straight to the Acropolis. It's a thing you must see. Visit one of the islands and try Greek food because we love our food in Greece and swim in our beautiful sea. Souvlaki, or gyros, how you call it in the States. Moussaka, moussaka, we call it in Greek. It's minced meat, bechamel, potatoes, and eggplant. It's very good, it's very, very good. We have our Greek version of lasagna called pastizio. It's one of my favorite food. I can go on for hours <laughs> talking about Greek food. Actually, my mom, she made tennis a known sport in Greece. She was ranked number 43 in the world. And then we had Eleni Danilidou. She got up to number 13 in the world uh, with some very good wins. Since the breakthrough of Stefanos and myself, tennis has grown a lot in Greece. There are a lot of people I admire in Greece. A very close friend of mine, a Greek singer called Anna Visi, she has had, and she's having, an amazing career. There's a lot of respect from my side to her and from her side to my side. And of course, Yanis at the Tokumbo, he's a legend. I met him once, he's such a nice guy, very humble. I'm a huge fan, he knows it, and um, he's a great guy. Greece means everything to me. I'm very patriotic. Person. I love my country. My connection with my family, because, you know, uh, Greeks are very close to their families. When I see Greek fans uh, with Greek flags, you know, in the crowd, I just get goosebumps. And Greece is the second reason after my family why I play tennis. You can now tell after sitting here how proud and how much I love Greece. Career top ten win. My fighting spirit, my Spartan spirit, actually. I think I'm a role model, especially for little girls. I just want them to fight the same way I fought to get here. I want them to love the sport. I want to make tennis bigger in Greece. Well, that Spartan spirit has seen Maria Sacri go from a year-end 301 in 2014 to a career-high sixth in the world last year. So, made two major semifinals last year, went from 22 to six. That's a pretty big leap. What's the big, biggest reason, Lindsay, that she was able to do that? Uh, it's, that's the toughest jump to make, but how about improving your year-end ranking every single year you've played? I've, I don't think I've ever seen that for that many years. Um, but that jump to about 20 into the top 10, almost into the top five, is truly the hardest to make. A lot of times we talked about it all week long. It's between the years. And do you believe you have what it takes? All the players are so skilled. Okay, sure, you might have to improve one shot, or maybe you've got to get a little faster, a little stronger. But you've got to also believe in yourself at the big moments. And all of a sudden, that was really on display last year for Sakari. Big match after big match. Yeah. She went out there believing that she could do it. She improved her serve. She's always been so fit. We know that about her. She's getting a free more free points, a few more free points on her serve, and all of a sudden that translated into believing in her game on some of the other occasions. It was really fun to see. She, uh, she was kind of branded as a, just a big hitter and not much of a thinker. I, I don't think she was ever that because you see it in her trajectory. It was always up. And she's just been doing everything a little bit better. And I think she understands the game better. And she mixes it up. She's moving forward more. She's hitting drop shots. She's hitting slices. Uh, she's, she's not just going for big serves. She's mixing it up. 
but the biggest improvement, I think, has been in her attitude and, and just really focusing on every single point. She's so switched on right now. All right, there she is getting ready to take on Jesse Pagula later today. Lindsay, obviously getting into the top ten is a big jump. But then the next step is top five. And then, of course, major champion. What does she need to do to become a major champion? Oh, she was almost there at the French Open. Match points in the semis to get to the final to play Pavia Sometimes that's the way it goes. But she's... I think she's got it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that she's got to change too too much. She's got to just keep putting herself in those positions. Get to another quarter. Get Try your hand at another semifinal. You never know how you're going to react in, in a Grand Slam final, right? You dream of that your whole life. And sometimes players get out there and it's completely overwhelming. And other times players get out there and they're like, this is exactly what I wanted my whole life. So it, it, we, given who has won the last couple of years on the WTA Tour, I definitely think she could win one. It's for sure. She could win one. She could win one on any surface. Her game translates well onto any surface. And like I said, she had a match point against Krejcikova. Krejcikova won that match. It's not that Sakari choked and gave it away. So she keeps putting herself into that position she can win. And I love how she says, you know, I want to be a role model for the girls. In Greece, she's beyond tennis. She's in inspiring girls, not just in tennis, but in other uh, avenues of life. So I love that, that she feels that responsibility and, and embraces it. Looking forward to that match against Pagula. Rematch from Miami last year when Sakari saved six match points and was able to right. get the victory. Would become the first Greek woman to reach the quarterfinals at the Australian Open. What a story, Maria Sakari. A lot still to get to here on TC Live. Novak Djokovic. We find him somewhere that we don't expect to see him. Plus, we get warm and fuzzy with the Frenchman Gal Monfils. And when we come back, Shelby Rogers, the pride of the low country, Charleston's own joins us on TC Live. Surf's up. That looks fun. Welcome back to TC Live. Our featured matches today, some big ones. Madison Keys, Paula Badosa, Jesse Pagula, Maria Sakri, plus Rafa Nadal continuing his quest for 21 majors. Alexander Zverev trying to make his third straight quarterfinal here. And then we have the rematch from 2019 Roland Garros, Ash Barty and Amanda Anna Samova. Back on the desk, Steve Weissman, Martina Navratilova, and we are so happy to welcome in our next guest, one of our favorites, the pride of the low country, none other than Shelby Rogers herself. Good morning, Shelby. How you doing? Good morning, guys. Hi. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me today. You're bright and early over here in Melbourne right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you waking up early for us. Uh, obviously, Shelby, coming off one of your best seasons ever. You already started this year with a top five win as well. Uh, what, for you, are you most looking forward to this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited with the way I'm playing. I had a tough match here in Melbourne, but still, you know, started the year on a, at a pretty high level. So I'm just excited to see if I can keep that level going and if I can be a little more, even more consistent than last season. That's always the goal, I think, of every player is to reach that next level and, um, you know, <laughs> striving for that top 20, keep the ranking going. But I want that first WTA, WTA title, too. Haven't gotten that one yet. So there's a lot of goals that I need to check off this season. 
you know, players worry about their bodies. The injuries is the biggest issue for most. And you've gone through a lot with your knee. What did you learn in your off time when you couldn't play? And you, I, I hear you, you're interested in psychology. You studied it and you also have a psychologist. So what did you learn the most from that time? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a long time away from the tour, a lot of time to reflect. And I think the biggest thing for me was I just gained perspective. I was like, wow, that was a really cool opportunity that I had. You know, now it's been kind of taken away from me. So now every time I go out and I'm healthy and I'm able to play, I think I'm just a bit more grateful for that. And I realize how incredible it is and how great of an opportunity that is and how few people get to do it because when you're out here traveling and you see the same people every week you kind of uh, normalize it if you will so when you're away from the game and you're not able to travel then you just realize how how awesome it is and you're you gain that perspective so that was really important for me and I tried to bottle it up so I can pull it out every week but you know some days are more difficult than others yeah, there's nothing normal about being a professional athlete, I think, but uh, you're doing a great job. You are really in amazing shape. And because of that, I think you're playing much more aggressive uh, power tennis. Was that, a, was that a conscious decision? Did you always want to play that way? Therefore, you got in shape or did you get in shape so you could play this way? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think a little of both. I mean, I've always wanted to play aggressive tennis. There's zero chance I was ever born to be a counter puncher or running side to side and just winning points like that. Um, I really enjoy being aggressive. Hitting an ace is probably my favorite thing on the planet. Um, so I just worked really hard. I think it started from the lockdown during like 2020 when we kind of didn't have tournaments for a while. And I was a little bit nervous because I had gotten out of shape from the knee injury that you're talking about. And I was like, I do not want to go back there. So I was really working hard to try to stay in shape. And I think I just took it one more level and, uh, you know, really committed myself to, you know, maintaining that and being able to do it throughout the season too. Cause when you're on the road, your training looks a lot different than when you're at home right. in lockdown. Right. So, <laughs> um, I'm just really staying committed to that and I know it's helping me on court. Yep. So that gives me a lot of motivation. Well, you've done an amazing job, and it's gotten you to your new heights in singles, but doubles as well, Shelves. I mean, you're still in Melbourne right now because you're playing doubles with Petra Martic. The two of you made the quarterfinals at Roland Garros last year. I'm curious, how did you all meet, become friends, and decide to, to form this formidable doubles pair? That's so funny. So it actually happened just by chance in Miami last year. Um, we kind of saw each other. We'd been practicing a couple times. We'd played a couple matches throughout the season. And uh, she was working with a coach at the time that I knew in Florida. And so we'd practiced again. So, hey, you know, do you want to sign for doubles, get some extra matches, see what happens? We actually ended up not getting in. So we were an alternate and one team withdrew. So we were the last team in that week. And I thought we played really good doubles. We kind of kept sticking with it. And she's the partner that I've played with the most my whole career. So I've never really had a consistent partner before. And it makes a world of difference because you know what each other's doing. Finally, you have some structure on the court. You're able to work on certain things from week to week. So it's been so much fun playing with her. She's really special. She's an awesome girl, really good energy out there. And we have fun, you know, so that's the most important thing. But for us, I think it's really cool because anytime you can make a second week, even if it is in doubles, just to be around, you know, here you see everyone just start leaving. The atmosphere changed a little bit. It's just a really cool experience. Yeah, playing doubles helps you become a better singles player. So I'm glad that you got a regular partner. You put two good singles players together that, that can volley. You got a good doubles team. So I'm expecting you to go deep into this draw. 
Uh, I know you told us you're going to do Doha and Dubai next. You're ranked 36 now. Three, three shots or four from getting seated in a major. What is your goal for the year? Yeah, I would love to start getting seated at these tournaments. That makes it, I don't want to say easier. There's no easy matches, but you just know you're guaranteed not to play, you know, the top players right away. Um, and then trying to get into the top 20, trying to win my first WTA title. Um, lots of goals for me, but ultimately just staying healthy throughout the season. Um, also going through some coaching changes right now. So looking to really solidify my team to move forward this year and, um, you know, add to the amazing people around me that have helped me get this far. Right. Well, we, we would love to see you get that first title wherever it comes. But wouldn't it be special at the new Credit One Charleston Open, a, a brand new stadium this year in your hometown, Shelby? Uh, how much are you looking forward to this tournament this year with the new stadium, the, the new sponsor and everything that comes with it? I am so excited. I'm always excited for this event, but this year it just adds a different element. It was a little bit bittersweet because I went there uh, back in the off season to see, you know, the construction going on and what it was looking like. And there's so many memories for me there growing up playing, learning how to play tennis there pretty much. So changing the stadium, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to look different. You know, all these memories, but it's going to be fantastic. And they're having a lot of really cool concerts, too. <laughs> so I'm, like, going down the list, you know. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to make a bunch of trips home for all these nice shows. Um, but the tournament's going to be amazing. I mean, Bob Moran and Eleanor Adams there just do such an incredible job. And there's a great lineup so far. A lot of players are going to show up this year. So, And fans are coming back. It's going to be one you, you don't want to miss. We will be there, Shelby, as you know. So uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing you at, at Indian Wells as well. And uh, we wish you the best of luck going forward in doubles. Bring home that first major title in dubs in Melbourne. Yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> One at a time. All right. Thanks so much for spending your morning with us, Shelby. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Good luck, Shelby. Thank you. Shelby Rogers joining us here on TC Live. Always a pleasure. Much more straight ahead. TC Live, Andre Rublev. He's a top five player, but looking to break through at a major. Hasn't made the fourth round in Melbourne. And Marin Chilich, John, he is a former finalist here. Not that long ago either. Only four years ago. 33 years old is Chilich. Look at him seated 27, but he did not look either his age or his seating yesterday. Took this match to Rublev. Look at that. Just pounding. These returns, very fired up Marin Chilis. We didn't really see him emoting much, but uh, we got a lot of that yesterday. Rublev, in fairness, had some COVID a few weeks ago. That probably impacted some of his conditioning. Clawed his way back into this match. Did Rublev with shots like that. His ability to generate power on these mid-rally balls is still incredible. But this was all about Marin Chilis turning back the clock. Uh, we have not seen this level of tennis for him in quite some time and uh, he had a patch where he went what's the hottest dance step in Croatia Lindsay <laughs> good win for Marin Chillett <laughs> there we go Lindsay you did it again <laughs> again 
I feel like he gets some extra uh, leverage from the legs to then I to get, get that fist bump in four there. sets of tennis. That's that, uh, that good like extension. a sprained ankle waiting to happen. Or a cramp at best. <laughs> I mean, this is his first top five win since yeah. 2018. Yeah. How does this happen? Uh, you know, it's a player we felt was on his way out, and he has – you know, in some of the big matches in the last few years, he hasn't played his best, especially when it's been close. There wasn't really a lot going in that would say this was going to be one of his best matches of the last few years. Of yep. course, we knew Rublev wasn't quite at 100%, but we thought he was good enough to kind of hit his way out of this. Love to see it. And we saw it in an earlier round as well. Chilich has the fans down there. He's been playing a little bit more free. The other match, he started conducting them to try and cheer louder. <laughs> I mean, he's really right, kind right. of just embraced this whole event. Um, love to see it. For a player we thought was on his way out. I mean, yeah. look at a huge result here in Melbourne. Another guy's getting more motive, uh, more animated. And maybe he got the Serbian fans on his side, you know, pulling for Croatia. And they got somebody to pull for. And he's, he's come through. And it's great that he's actually egging him on. This must be sort of the tantalizing and frustrating thing about being an, an older athlete in general, that the, the consistency goes in some days, whether it's Andy Murray, we saw just don't have it other times. Looks like Baron Cilic, the U.S. Yeah. Open winner from almost a decade ago. He looked terrific yesterday. Can he continue? Age 33, can he bring that for his next match? But, boy, for, uh, for two and a half hours yesterday, he looked terrific. Yep. Younger than Rafa, younger than yeah. Novak, mm-hmm. younger than Roger. Yeah. We've got three former major champions still in the draw. Felix Ojeeliasim taking on Dan Evans. FAA said this was definitely one of the best major performances I've ever had, Martina. Turning point came at 4-all. Actually, Evans had a break point. First one of the match for either player. And Ojeeliasim got it out uh, with, with his forehand. His forehand, he was dictating. Evans really had a hard time finding the backhand of Ojeeliasim. And Ojeeliasim, uh, once he wants that first set, he really... Uh, stepped it up to another level. He had 16 aces, 6 of 7 breakpoints, 40 winners, 21 unforced. I did not expect him to play this well. He has been in the minus for the winners and unforced errors, but he really cleaned up his game, moved beautifully, and just never gave Evans any breathing room. This was d- total domination once he won the first set. Bit of a surprise here. I mean, Evans had only played one match. You got to walk over the last round. Uh, FAA had to battle through some long ones. But this was a fantastic win for the Canadian. How about Yannick Sinner? Coming off a standout season last year. What four titles last year, Lindsay? Taking on Taro Daniel. Four center here. The steal a line from our John Wertheim. Are we talking about Yannick Sinner as much as we should be? I, this is a player. I, look at his draw. Look at the way he's playing. Look at the way he has navigated this first week of the Australian Open. Credit Tara Daniel coming off the big win over Murray and played a sensational second set. But early in the third set, Sinner was able to regroup, wins that one 6-3. And then he was just flowing in the fourth. Winners coming off his racket. The way he's able to stay right up on that baseline, handle pace thrown at him, and then give it back is sensational. His ball timing as well. Grand Slam champion in the future. We'll see if it's in this next year or two. 57 winners for Yannick Sinner in this match. Good draw. He's got Pablo Andahar next. So big opportunity for Yannick Sinner to make the quarterfinals here for the very first time. Uh, Alex Dimonor there for Sinner. And then Fritz, Sitsipas, Chilich, Oje Aliasin, Cressy Medvedev. I like this draw. Maybe a little Alcaraz took his thunder, but now to the women. Alize Cornet celebrating her 32nd birthday. Her wish came true against Tamara Zidanecek. But early on... 
Tam Tam had it going. It was all Zidanechuk for the first set. Gets it under her belt, 6-4, Steve. She built a 4-1, 30-love lead in the second set, serving before the wheels fell off. And Cornet does what Cornet does. She started getting more balls back in the court. She started playing defense, changing it to offense. And poor Zidanechuk just went away, was unable to get that confidence back. Cornet able to win five games in a row to win that second set and kept that momentum going in the third set. Cornet talked about maybe retiring and this being the last year on tour, and she is having exactly the type of Grand Slam you want to have, getting that ranking back up and giving herself a chance. And it's hard to watch at the end. Zidanechuk knew she let a big one slip away. Cornet made the first fourth round of her career at a major back in 2009 right here. Said afterwards to be back there 13 years later. Oh, my God. Speaking of, oh, my God, Kaya Kanepi, just a giant killer. The oldest of the 10 30-somethings to reach the third round this year, Martina. Trying to make the round of 16 at every major. Well, Madison Inglis, uh, wildcard Aussie, uh, got through to the third round. She actually won the first set 6-2, never held serve after that. Uh, Kanepi just really started imposing herself from the baseline, from the net. Everywhere just dominated. English never held serve again. She, she broke twice. She worked four times, twice in the second set. But uh, Canopy just playing really well. You know, you think she's on her way out. We may never see her again. And here she is in the round of 16 again. When she is on and she's moving well, uh, now she can beat anybody. She can stand up to the power and she can certainly dish it out. If I were to tell you there was going to be an Estonian making the round of 16 in Australia. No Contivate. Where is the net? We've, we've, got, we've got Kaya Kanepi. And she's got Sabalenka next. We shall see. That's, that's going to be some, some powerful shots in that matchup. Halep Cornet, Sviante Kirstea, and Danielle Collins against Elisa Mertens. We haven't talked about her at all, and she's in the round of 16. Uh, Rafa getting ready to go against Adrian Manorino. So this is what a gym looks like. It's about time he worked out. <laughs> that was a joke. It's funny. He's got the bands. He's got the big uh, dumbbells right there. But no, it's all about the bands these days. Bands will make him dance. Uh, two and zero head to head against Adrian Manorino. Hasn't lost a set anywhere, Eastlands. Not going to lose a set tonight. Manorino, what did he finish at? Two forty the other night. Two thirty three. Coming back yeah. at a day match. Yeah, Advantage Nadal. <laughs> we'll hear that. We may not even. It may not be any a deuce. <laughs> Lindsay Martina back on TC Live. We are with you every day, two hours, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern, leading up to first ball in Melbourne. Paul and Brett have your encore coverage tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. Taking a look at how we did yesterday, our DraftKings Sportsbook wrap-up. And, uh, well, we, we called Sabalenka there, so that's not an L for us. It's an L for Marquetta, but... Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova going down to Serana Kirstea. We had that. We knew that. We did not have that. So. <laughs> we did not know that. Yeah, on, on this court, Pavlyuchenkova should have won that match. But nope. they're still a good athlete, so she runs a lot of balls down. Right. Makes play. Another player, yeah. though, coming right off a positive COVID Probably, test yeah. in late December. Mm -hmm. I've seen that recurring theme where it's catching up to them at some point at, at this tournament. Right. To be fair, we were a little iffy about 
Dan Evans FAA, right? Well, they had played a year ago on this venue in one of the uh, the preliminary tournaments, and Dan Evans just tuned him. I think Felix won five games, so for him to come back and beat Dan Evans in straight sets is a nice win for Felix. Right. We're, we're wrong. We'll, we'll be better today. Let's take a look Wait, at the odds today. Throwing all of us down. Exactly. Well, we all disagree. agreed to everything yesterday. You disagree that we all agreed to? It's on tape. We can, okay, we can so, take a look. Well, Felix is a favorite. Azarenka is a favorite. Berrettini is a favorite. Ooh. That middle one surprise you guys? I kind of do the Czech thing and go for Krejčíková over Azarenka. They've played okay. once. Azarenka won that, but it was in Ostrava, which is pressure Czech Republic uh, pressure on Krejčíková. I think she's uh, she looked pretty good so far. Okay, I'll but so has Azarenka. I'll actually. take Vita then. Yeah, Just so has pull a sleeve and go against you. I'm going on a limb. Okay, small limb. A small limb. A small branch. Well, really she is, going actually. out on a limb. <laughs> yeah, today. Well, Australia <laughs> won here a bunch of times. Well, yeah. All right, John, let's, how about Malfis? Take it on Ketsmanovic. Yeah. Malfis hasn't dropped to say he's looked fantastic. I think they, they've played once. Malfis won that I, in three sets. I think uh, I think Gael gets that. Give credit to Ketsmanovic again for he got a okay. big break when he was supposed to play Djokovic. Uh, a week ago today, he thought he was playing the nine-time champion and uh, – Good for him for winning three matches. I think Monfils gets. I, I don't think Monfils is winning the tournament, but I think he's winning this match. Yeah, you never really know what to expect with Monfils, but he's been playing great here so far. Let's try and keep it going. It's, yeah. Tennis is better when he's yeah. engaged yeah. and he's playing well. We lost Kyrgios. Let's keep Monfils in the tournament. Yeah, he's been the box of chocolates that you know what's inside when you open it. So he's been playing very yeah. consistently the last couple of years. Matteo Berrettini, Pablo Carino, Busta, Martina. Uh, Berrettini looking to complete that set of quarterfinal appearances at a major here. We do it. Well, tough, tough match to come back from physically and emotionally, winning in five sets. But this court does favor him, so I will go with Matteo. Ooh, that's a tough one. They've never played before. Not a lot of data points to uh, to go by. I think you got to go with the higher seed, but uh, you could certainly. Not hard to envision uh, Carreño Busta just just grinding. Berrettini down. I'll, I'll take Berrettini, but that's that's the one I'm iffiest about. Yeah, how much does Berrettini have left in the tank? Tiebreak yeah. in the fifth, Alcaraz, not only physically, but that was an emotional battle as well. He's got that easy power, the easy game, but I don't know. Crano Busta looked good against Corda. <laughs> he did. Yeah. yeah it to be I'll three, go for the three. upset there. Yeah, no, no. To be three or that's going out on a limb. Hmm. You. That's an alley's <laughs> 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 All right, so Berrettini yeah. wins. Great. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow, when we recap, there's going to be some winners and losers. All right, it's on tape. <laughs> hey. on. All right, a lot still to get to. A warm and fuzzy with Lindsay Depp. No, with Gael Monfils. <laughs> you keep teasing me about the Novak. Where is he? Yeah. But I know he's on the slope, but where? Exactly. It's, that's the tease. Okay. Can't give it away now. I'll tell you in the break. <laughs> Back on TC Live, it is time for our Geico 15-second news update. Barbora Krejcikova doing double duty in the Sweet 16 of singles and doubles to the max. The American Maxime Cressy most match wins on the ATP Tour this year. And Alex DeMenor hoping to end that long drought of Aussie men not winning the title in their home slam. 
Well, after his first round win, Gal Monfils tweeted the quote, I am a believer that color affects people's moods. So how would an all-yellow studio affect his state of mind? Michael Costa found out on our warm and fuzzy set. Check this out. See that footwork? Not bad. It's pretty good, huh? It's pretty good. There's a question for you on here. Did he pick the question or not? It's random. Okay. It's random. I'm not so sure about it, you know, I can see. Are you saying you don't trust him? <laughs> hey, you know what, to be honest with you, I don't trust him much either. Describe your ideal pool party. Good music. Like that, or like... Uh, more rap. Okay, yeah, so something like that. The guy can beatbox, I love it. Okay, so what else at the pool party? Friends, family, okay. barbecue. Are you cooking, or is someone else cooking? Everybody. You know? Everybody's cooking. Yeah. Okay. Caribbean style, you know, we, ah. we, we, we like to... Everybody's cooking, you know. Sorbet in the dessert. Okay. Coconut, please. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, just uh, you know, chilling and enjoying. Uh, I want to be at Lamont's pool party. We've got so many of these warm and fuzzy interviews with all of your favorite players. Head to Tennis Channel's website and the Tennis Channel app to check them out. Our top storylines straight ahead on TC Live. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Geico, taking a look at our daily schedule. We are with you 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern every day, TC Live during the Australian Open, leading up to the live action today on ESPN2 and ESPN+. And Brett Haber and Paul Anacone have you covered with our encore presentation, 11 a.m. Eastern. Well, last year, Daniil Medvedev got a taste of glory. He was the runner-up to Novak Djokovic in Melbourne, the second major final he lost, and pushed him to his best season ever, tour-leading 63-match wins and his first major title at the U.S. Open. So Medvedev looking to become the first player to follow his first Grand Slam title with his second major at the next event, playing the only man to take a set off him in New York, Botic Vendizential, Martina. Yeah, Botic just could not find any openings on Medvedev's serve. He only had three break points the whole match. Uh, Medvedev served really well, had 10 aces, just really dominated every aspect of the match. Wasn't, was close, 6-4, 6-4, 6-2, but uh, Medvedev just really dominating from the baseline, pushing Botic back. Vandesanchov likes to come to the net, he really didn't have that many opportunities as Medvedev served really well, backed it up, and uh, ran away with the match in the third set as he gets the double break. Can't even get that shot, and uh, Medvedev is looking really, really sharp. Has had just no, no hiccups, and playing better with each match. So he must really like where he is sitting right now. Into the fourth round here for the fourth straight time. Medvedev moving on. Pretty happy about my level. Served well. D uh, didn't get broken even if he had opportunities. Was running pretty well and uh, yeah, was doing some good shots. So happy about my performance and looking forward to uh, to next match. All right, so he's happy. Thinks he played well. John, eyeball test. Is he is he the best men's player we've seen so far in this draw? I would say so. It was a week ago that we had the expulsion of Novak, which made Medvedev the prohibitive favorite. Finals last year, won the last major, which was played on hard courts. He's given no reason to think otherwise just very sort of professional he had the I mean a lot of variety in the opposition you know he had the, the, the curios review and all that goes with it you had an opponent he should have beaten who he played recently in a major spoiler alert he gets a servant volley or next so 
you know, I mean, he's had to adjust his game, but so far very just sort of drama-free professional. I think he was your favorite and is your favorite. It's hard when you're the overwhelming favorite, and that's exactly what happened as soon as Novak was out of the draw. He's handled it perfectly this first week. No drama. There could have been drama, especially, as John said, with Kyrgios. He's just done a fantastic job of getting through his matches, getting better, kind of playing his way into the tournament with a little fanfare and just not really expending any extra energy on outside stuff. It's perfect first week for him. What facet of his game stands out most to you so far? I think his head, really. Just the way he has developed his game kind of slowly got to the top. And that's why I think he's handled it so well. Now he's won the U.S. Open, so he's a major champion. So he has to feel like a favorite anywhere he plays. And he's really wearing the mantle very well. And his game is just so solid. And if anything, it keeps getting better. All right. We shall see. He could meet Stefano Tsitsipas in the semifinals. Let's take a look at the Greek god. How would he fare in his match trying to get to the fourth round, trying to become the youngest men's singles champion since Rafa Nadal at the Australian Open back in 2009? But, Johnny, had that tricky task of Benoit Paire. Yeah, I mean, Benoit Paire, obviously, one of these games. You never know what you're going to get. I do think the best of five format changes the complexion of these matches because you feel like even if Benoit Paire gets... Hot, can he sustain it? And, you know, I mean, since about two-time semifinalist here, I think a lot of us certainly, uh, self-included, discounted him a little bit because of the concern about the elbow. But so far, it was a very solid first week. Uh, yeah, that's Benoit Pair for you in the yellow. little uh, French razzle-dazzle. Um, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's good for an hour. But you win the first two sets against Benoit Pair, as Sitsipas did, and you feel like you're going to be okay. Sitsipas takes... The third, pair took the third, but you still never really felt like this match was in jeopardy. You look at the stats, Mitch, 47 winners to 26 unforced errors. I mean, pleased with that. And, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I've seen zero indication that this guy's playing with an elbow injury. That's a nice, solid win to move in to week two. 21 aces for Sitsipas. Won nearly 90% of the points on his first serve. A 50-burger of unforced errors for Pear. Uh, meantime, on the women's side, all eyes on that arena. Sabalenka serves 70 double faults in her first four matches this year, playing Marketa Vondrasova, Lindsay. Yeah, we were surprised Vondrasova was actually a, a favorite going into this. Yes, of course, we know Sabalenka's service goes. You're still talking about the number two player in the world. Great opening set for Vondrasova, but, Steve, it just seemed like something clicked early in the second set for Sabalenka. Stopped worrying about the serve as much and just let the tennis take over. All of a sudden, she started to find her groove. Great opening start to the second set. Won the first three games. Never looked back. Got back to controlling the points from the baseline. The serve, blissfully for Sabalenka, was not really a factor in this match. And that's what she wants to make it about. She wants to make it about hitting tennis balls. And handled the variety of Andrasova well. Able to overpower her on these quick courts. All of a sudden, we saw the best set of tennis we've seen from Sabalenka this year to end this match. That has to give her confidence going forward. Ten total double faults, but spread out in an unharmful manner. Four, three, and three. What did Sabalenka think about that? I'm really happy right now, and mostly I'm happy that I made only ten double faults. <laughs> I think it's more mental because I put a lot of pressure on myself about my surf, and I'm um, the last matches, I was trying to control everything on my serve, my my legs, my arm, uh, the the, the boltos, and it was overthinking. And uh, yeah, and I just stopped thinking. Um, I was fo like today, for example, I was focusing only on the good jump, and and that's it. And I think 
because I had this muscle memory and I just trust myself today much more than in the first matches. Martina, have you ever seen somebody so happy to have 10 double faults? <laughs> well, it could have been a lot worse, has been a lot worse, but I love the way she owns it. And she also understands what she needs to do because we, particularly women, have a tendency to overanalyze. When things go wrong, we, we can think of 10 bad things. She concentrated on the one good thing that made a difference for her. So I think she's problem solving really well. And, and she's making fun of herself for that. So that helps with the nerves overall. So I think she's handling it well so far. This is not something we see often. There's, there's no real precedent. This is unfolding in real time. She's on the other side of the world. There's not a huge team. I mean, we're getting a real insight to sort of how she thinks and how she perceives stress and situations. And I, I love this. I mean, it's, you said she, she's owned it. She's poked fun out of it. I mean, no, no pun intended. She, she's leaned into it given uh, sort of the, the, the physical mental. And she's still in the tournament. I, I think in a weird way, she's probably proven something to herself this exactly. week that's very different than what she's ever had to encounter in the past. You can hear her quotes, and, and there's some weeks where the team is really important and other weeks th things just click for the player and you kind of just let the player play. This is a week where her team, and you can hear it in her answers, has come up absolutely huge for her. Whether it's her coach Anton or trainer Jason, she's saying the right things. She's trying to work through it. Clearly, they're having talks about it. Let's just focus on one thing, spending time on the court. And she's starting to buy in, and you can hear it in her answers. It's very positive. She's not getting down on herself, trying to fight through it. So I give the people around her also a lot of credit for keeping her spirits up, keeping her fighting, and keeping her believing you can win your first major here. We just have to get through this. Let's work through it. And so kudos to everybody on Team Sabalenka. I, I would put it, we've seen this in other sports. So we, we've talked about whether it's golf or whether it's free throw shooting or whether there's sometimes a catcher can't throw the ball to the pitcher. It's all mental. And I've never seen this. I've never seen an athlete absolutely confronted with a smile, poke fun at herself. This is a very different – this is not something you game plan for as a team, yeah. so I think I think you're right. But I also think this is a unique reaction, and I think it's, it's certainly served her well so far. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on, on her because of that serve. But in a way, it almost takes the pressure off because we always say, oh, the, racket, the match is on her racket. You know, mm. she's the boss. Now she has to problem solve, and, and it's almost like being sick. You play better when you're sick because uh, I'm not going to win because I'm sick, and you just play much looser in a way. So maybe it takes some of the pressure off, but it's a different kind of pressure. But she's handling it beautifully. I, I love, love yeah. the self-deprecation. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I mean, that, that kind of takes away yeah. some of that pressure. And then in the end, it can only get better, yeah. right? Exactly. She's a double-digit, double fault, and she's in to the round yeah. of 16. Yeah. She could certainly win this tournament still. How about Simona Hallett? She's got it on her racket as well. A former finalist here looking to make the fourth round for the fifth straight year. Lindsay, no trouble with Donka Kovinich. You talk about having a nice opening week. Hello, Simona Hallett, who came into the season. We weren't sure what to expect. She had split with her longtime coach, Darren Cahill. She's gotten married. I tell you, she's playing some of the best tennis I've seen Hallett play. She has found that nice ratio of defense, to, but to awesome offense so far in these first three rounds. She absolutely dominated play against Kovinich. Kovinich had that long win over Radakanu in the round before. This was a walk in the park for Halep, just a little over an hour. Lots of winners. Has to be thrilled with what her game is at going into the second week. Also, her draw. 
She's got a nice looking draw. She's only dropped 12 games so far in all six of her sets. Still perfect for 2022. Iga Sviantek, Martina, uh, low-key, playing extremely well. Yeah, it was 6-2, 6-3, but this match was a lot closer than the score. Sviantek was uh, four, four of eight on break points. Kazakina, one of nine. So, really, Sviantek just played the big points much better than Kazakina. She had 13 winners and 37 unforced errors. She's going to have to clean that up if she wants to go on. To me, Halep is the favorite in that half. The way Shuntek won this match. What did she say here, Martina? She says, fourth round, time to make my new PB, personal best. Not peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's <laughs> AO. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, she's doing that, but she needs to play better than, than she did. Uh, against Kazakina. She was the only player last year to make the fourth round at all the majors. This is the sixth straight major that she's made the fourth round. So that says a lot to you at the end, John, which she's like, I want more now. The first one she won, and I think we forget. She, she didn't back it up in 2021 with another major, but what did she do? She's really solidified her place. There's so much to like about her. She's so composed out there. Interesting camera signatures, but that's sort of become her signature, no pun intended. Um, I, we should be talking about her more, and uh, I'm sure we will in week two. Yeah, we have a, a nice era right now in women's tennis with a lot of different playing styles. Obviously, we just talked about Sabalenka and how hard she hits everything. Then you have a player like Sviantek who has the head, she's got the heart, and she's also got the hands and how she's able to construct her points. Really fun to watch her play when she's playing her best tennis. She's gone through this first week, has looked awfully good. Made that big coaching change as well in the mm -hmm. offseason, one that not a lot of us were expecting, but hired another great Polish coach in, in Thomas. I think good things are ahead for her this year. We'll see if it happens in Australia. Got Serana Kirstea next. So to make the quarterfinals, not the worst draw either. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that she'll be pretty happy with that. She will be the boss on the court. But uh, I like uh, what Elizabeth was saying. It's such a great mix on the women's tour now with personalities, nationalities, styles. Ages. Uh, ages <laughs> yeah. uh, as well. So it's such a great mix. I'm loving women's tennis right now. Talk about the coaching for Iga Sviantek. How about Simona Halep? Yeah. Uh, a, a coaching change as well. And she's here into the fourth round. You talked about her draw. I mean, she's got Alize Cornet next. Yeah. And, you know, you never know. And, and obviously, Cahill and Halep had a relationship on a great coaching relationship for years and years. And so you never know how that is going to boil over. In the next tournament, he's coaching someone else, and they're doing well. But she's handled it great. Um, we'll see how far she can go. But I don't know. She looks free out there. Yep. She looks like yep. she's playing really well. She's got her husband there. She's got a couple of, of Romanian coaches as well. Um, but you can tell so much with her attitude. And when she's stressed, you can kind of see it. You can feel it with her. Um, I haven't gotten that sense at the Australian Open yet. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys know this better than we do, that this coaching relationship is so personal. And sometimes these are superstars right. and sometimes these are coaches no one's heard of and they connect with you. I feel like Holop's sort of at that sweet spot, house money part of her career. You know, early 30s, you know, she's, she's got plenty of time, but... She's married, she's moved on, she's won her major. I mean, it, she can play with a certain freedom where if she, she quits tomorrow, she's in the Hall of Fame, and if she can turn it on, she turns it on. But the skills are still there, but I feel like a lot of the, the baggage and the pressure is gone. Yeah, I feel like she's playing tennis rather than playing to please the coach mm. or, or, you know, implement the game plan. And uh, she looks a lot more relaxed. Maybe being married helps also. You don't have to, like, kind of... Try to keep the guy, you know, you set, settled. <laughs> we, we, you make too many allowances, and now she's settled. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I went there. It's fine. She just looks more relaxed. Whatever she's doing, keep doing it. It's working. Mm -hmm.
Your reaction said it all. <laughs> well, guys play better when they're in a relationship. Yeah. Women, sometimes they don't. Usually they play their best tennis when they split up. It's like, what? Anyway, it's a uh, difference between men and women, but uh, good for her. She's, she's in a good place. She's there in a great go. place. But That's all that matters. Mind, body, and soul. <laughs> when we come back, the red, white, and blue putting on a major fireworks display in Australia. Which one of these great stars could advance to the grand finale? Stay with us. Welcome back to TC Live. 2019 semifinalist Danielle Collins looking to make it four American women in the fourth round, taking on the Danish team, Clara Tossen. This was a roller coaster, Lindsay. What a fun match this was. Both these players were absolutely crushing the ground stroke, Steve. Danielle Collins has a little bit more experience, and we didn't know how Tossen was going to react to playing the biggest match so far of her young career. She reacted well. She played so well. But it was Collins who was able to step it up when she needed to. And Collins's energy really carried her through this match. Lots of come-ons. Tossin was able to save a couple of match points in the 10th game. But Collins went right back to putting the pressure on. Similar to Anna Samova, how about ending the match with two winners? They're, that backhand there, how about this return? Does not get much better than that. And Danielle Collins into the second week of a major again. Third time for her to do that. 33 winners for Danielle Collins. A tournament does not really start until you get the first big come on from the Danimal. Uh, what stood out to you, Martina, about the way she was able to come back in this match? Well, she came back and she was the favorite. She, it's, it's difficult to, to play your best when you are the favorite. She's not usually in the position in the round of 32, right? So this is a new situation for her, and she handled it beautifully. Playing against somebody that hits the ball just as hard, and she, had, you know, she, she stood up to it. I say, come on to the tennis analytics quotes, because I, I would love to see some sort of metrics about just toughness. I mean, five all, third set, who wants it more? And you know that that's, that's Danielle Collins' time, and that is a reputation that I'm sure echoes around the locker room. And there are players that hit the ball harder. She's a nice athlete, but they're better movers. She's just so tough. And as long as that is a virtue of yours, it may not show up on a stat sheet, but that is something yep. that can get you a long way in the sport. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to see her in Australia playing so well again. This, this result should get her back into the top 30. Tennis is fun when she's back up there and playing well and ripping shots, and, and we see that attitude. That you know, We're talking about all the differences in women's tennis, all the variety. Well, attitudes as well. And Danielle Collins mm -hmm. brings it, as John Wertheim was just saying, fun when she's playing well. Yep. One of those boxes that you got to check, intangibles. Yep. yep. What are they? Yep. Danielle Collins has <laughs> it. Whatever it is. Uh, on the men's side, Taylor Fritz looking to do something for the first time. Make a round of 16 at a major playing Roberto Bautista Agut. First set was a bagel, Martina. And as we know, Fritz thinks there is a six-love jinx. Maybe he should have lost the game on purpose. Uh, he wins the first set six-love. He says, yeah, I hate when that happens. I was pretty happy with that. And sure enough, uh, of course, the opponent feels no pressure after that. Uh, Taylor dominated with his forehand throughout the match. But then Batista would turn it around a little bit, held his own. But Batista Agut, as you see here, doing most more of the defending. Taylor Fritz more inside the net. That time, okay. but Batista would turn it around and wins the third set. But Taylor really dominated with the serve. Wasn't coming in. He dominated both from the backhand and the forehand. 73 winners, 35 on the forehand. Yeah. 
just do a great job on the big points. 10 of 19 break points. And uh, at the end, he gets the, he gets the fourth set. And that's where physical fitness comes in. He's been working hard on that footwork and the physical fitness and really paid off with his big frame. Gets the, gets the break early in the third set, in the fifth set, and then finishes it on a double fault with another break. And he breaks down. Now you see the reaction from Taylor Fritz. This has been a big goal for the American. It's huge, you know, like it, it seems stupid. Like after the match, I was like almost close to like tearing up a bit. But like it's it seems stupid because so many people have made the second week of slams. But it's just like eluded me for so long. I've had a lot of tough matches, honestly, a lot of tough draws. I've never gotten a great a great look at it, I guess, but um, yeah, it, it means a ton, and also to do it against someone who's basically been my dad my whole professional career. Who's your daddy? Uh, how about the other American, Maxime Cressy and Christopher O'Connell? Just nine Grand Slam match wins between them coming in, but Cressy is bringing the serve and volley back. Yeah, I would say uh, Max Cressy in the white, but just he, he's the guy who's inevitably coming forward. Um, he's committed to the style, our serving volleyer, and this is a guy who just practiced top 75 for the first time two weeks ago, and he has kept it going here. This is really great stuff to see. We'll talk all about sort of the throwback. Here's McConnell, the wild card, clawing his way back into the match, but then Cressy just absolutely turns it on. Listen to this, guys. 71 winners to 21 unforced errors. You're not going to lose much. When you're doing that, a lot of points won at the net. Look at that nice crisp backhand to get the break in the fourth set. And this guy is returning as well as coming in. 50 points won at the net. A lot of fun to watch. And he is in week two. Very nice effort. Had six wins last year, nine already this year. He gets Daniil Medvedev next. And if you remember, Martin, in the Paris Masters, Novak Djokovic beat Daniil Medvedev by implementing the serve and volley. He did it 22 times. He won 19 of those points. So, with the way Maxime Cressy plays, what do you expect against Medvedev? I didn't remember that because I didn't see that. But uh, it's a great point to make. But also, you would not expect it from Novak to do it. So, maybe he won some of those points by surprise with Cressy. Medvedev knows this is going to be happening. It's a faster court. I think he'll be ready for it. It'll be interesting to see where he stands on the return of serve if he changes the position. Because if he's too far behind the baseline, Cressy will hold, so uh, it'll be interesting tactic-wise what happens there, but still, Medvedev has to be the favorite. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be definitely one of the biggest matches for Cressy on the biggest court against one of the favorites. Just love his emotion, though, or lack of. I mean, he is just going about his business. He's not getting too excited. He hits a forehand return winner to go up double break in the fourth, essentially guaranteeing him the match, and not... Not a peep. We just saw Danielle Collins and all her energy. And there's the opposite with Cressy, who's having the tournament or the Grand Slam of his career so far. And he's handling it like he believes he should be there, been there, done that. Love to see that side as well of a player. They, they say, well, you don't have a sponsor. And his response was, well, you know, it, it's COVID, and I'm going to have more power to negotiate when I make the second week of a major. I mean, there, there is no shortage of self-belief here. And again... Three matches played, 299 net approaches. If my math is right, that that's about 100 a match. It's really remarkable that he is this committed to his all. They asked Medvedev, they, they said, well, you know, this, you're going to play a server volume next. And Medvedev, paraphrasing, but basically said, 
bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> so uh, it, it's an interesting contrast in styles, but uh, Max Pressey has been a real revelation. He says he doesn't care how far Medvedev goes back for. He's like, I only focus on myself. Yeah. With, with Sabalenka, self-deprecation. With Cressy, it's self-confidence and big time. For Taylor Fritz, he said he felt better after this match than he did after his last one, so he is really improving. He's never beaten Stefano Tsitsipas. Can he get it done? Uh, well, he's never been this far in, in a major, so... Uh... Uh, you make history when you keep playing well, and he, he has the game for it. I mean, he, the, the way he dominated from the baseline against Agut, who, de, who defends so well, since he passes a different player. But, yeah, he could. it's going to be a close match. I mean, he's in it. Yeah, we've, I mean, we were just talking about it with Sitsipas. His elbow, it's obviously the wild card yeah. there, but absolutely, with how much better Fritz is moving, how, how easily he's winning some of those baseline points, just crushing the ground strokes. He's got that new belief. I think he'll be able to play this match a little bit more free than if it was a third round. Mm -hmm. That seemed to be right. the hump yeah. that he was really trying to get over. He's been through that now. Now it's icing on the cake. I, I think we're going to see the best match that we've seen yet from Fritz in this tournament. He had a really interesting point, too, in press where he said when you're seated 25 to 32, you're going to play one of the top guys in round three. It's sort of a, a disguised curse. Um, he's not in that zone anymore. He's in the 17 to 24, and that's completely changed his drive. I like what you said yesterday, Steve. That Indian Wells really seemed to have transformed him, and now big, big opportunity. Passed, passed a big test yesterday. He got a big one tomorrow. Yeah, and once he got to that quarterfinal in Wells, he won that quarterfinal. Now finally a fourth round here. We'll see. Could be first quarterfinal to major for Taylor Fritz. A lot more to get to when we return to TC Live. It's day seven. Quarterfinal spots being given out to the winners today. Well, it is hot in Melbourne today, and, well, they've got the bikinis out. That's our crew. <laughs> hey, Chris Castro, get back! Come on. I thought John was wearing that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Take a look at some Americans in action on day seven. Amanda Anasimova, Madison Keys, and Jesse Pagula. As we welcome you back into the studio, Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, and... Lulu. Lulu's making her appearance. Oh. <laughs> She's like so bored with this. Now. She's camera ready. <laughs> Martina and Lu Lulu needs to get her own Twitter handle because now it's just <laughs> at Martina, right? You can need at, at Lulu Never to Love. I'll give her her own mm. Twitter handle. Yeah. Lulu. <laughs> just straight up Lulu. <laughs> There's one and only. It's like Madonna, Lulu. Um, all right, let's preview some of these Americans in action. Let's go Madison Keys, Paula Bedosa. What are the keys for Madison? Oof. Madison needs her serve. She wasn't there in the third round. She only had three aces. Didn't She got broken an awful lot against Wang Chiang. She has to be able to hold serve every time she steps to the line or, act, or feel like she can. And Bedosa's going to put a lot of pressure on that serve. Maddie served really well all through her title in Adelaide. She needs to walk out on the court with that belief, get some free points. It's the only way she's going to put pressure on Bedosa's service game if she's feeling comfortable with her own. Physical conditioning and also just sort of physical upkeep, I think, is going to play a role in this. Sort of a new role for Bedosa. She's a top eight seed, but she has not been in a position like this where she's supposed to win a match to go into the second week of a major. Interesting to see how that dynamic plays. I, I like this contrast. I mean, they, they both can play offensively, but Bedosa can defend as well. 
Uh, let's see who holds up physically. Yeah, it's interesting emotionally because Bedosa now is the favorite. And, mm -hmm. you know, she wasn't a favorite even four months ago going into the, this, this match. Mm -hmm. So it kind of happened quickly for her, but she's really kept her head about her. I really like her mentality, the way she played in Guadalajara in the, the, at, at tail end of the year, winning in Indian Wells. Uh, she's also, I think, serving better. I think, like you said, Maddie needs to serve really well because Bedosa's serve is going to be hard for her to break. 72 aces this season for Madison yeah. Keys, playing some of her best tennis. John, uh, Jesse Pagula had six match points against Maria Sakri in Miami last year. Did not win that match. Is she still thinking about that heading into today's match? I don't think so, and I really think, uh, I, th I think Jesse Pagula can, can steal a match here. Um, Sakri has a tendency to break down. You know, she's been to two semis in, in her last three majors. She is the higher seed. She's going to be the favorite. I think sort of the, the good competitive spirit of Jesse Pagula, I think she's got a real chance here to go one point better than she did the last time these two played on hard courts. I, I disagree. I think she remembers that match. And revenge, as they say, is the dish, dish best eaten cold. And she will remember that. Six match points, that doesn't happen very often. And you really get up next time you want to show this player I can do better than that. So she's going to be ticked off and I think even more motivated, not that she needs to be. Yeah, it's funny. Pagula has such great strokes for these quick courts. Mm -hmm. All the players are talking about how fast these courts are playing. Short backswings, hits the ball hard, pretty flat. It'll mm -hmm. stay low. For soccer, She's got some bigger grips, bigger swings. If the timing's a little bit off and Pagula is able to rush yep. her, I think this is the best surface for Pagula to play Sakri mm -hmm. on. Having said that, if Sakri comes out and, and serves that improved serve, gets a lot of free points, but she needs to be able to play off her front foot. If Pagula yep. is winning the battle of court positioning, it's her match. Remember, she wrote on the camera last time, Bills, you're yeah. up next. It's not true, really, because she plays, and then the Bills play tomorrow. But it's Sunday in Australia. Either way, she'll have the day off to watch her beloved right. Buffalo Bills. Time to enter the social net here on Tennis Channel. We've been teasing it, Lindsay. You wanted to know yeah, where, where Novak Djokovic was hitting the slopes. Montenegro. Okay. Interesting. Okay, can we just little pause how strange this is that the nine-time champion of this event, defending champion, is skiing this week and he's not injured? I mean, I, I just think sometimes we need to step back and consider this whole fact pattern. But, uh, yeah, Novak Djokovic, while his colleagues are uh, playing the first major of the year, he um, he's skiing. Doesn't seem to be dressed well enough for it. I'm, I'm cold looking at him, but maybe I'm just cold. <laughs> That's got to be tough yep, for yeah. him, huh? Wow. Looks like he's yeah. having a good time. He's got a lot of fans there. He is so he's so generous to the fans. Yeah, he's good. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Like, right. but you have to think this is a tough time for him. Maybe he had to just get away from it yes. all and go to the mountains and kind of just try and forget that Australian Open's going on. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, this day in 1982, a very special one. Oh, I love the bangs, Martina. Uh, Martina Navratilova. We hit the Chris same hair. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've had some unfortunate hairdos uh, like together, it. Chris. Oh, even the mullet. Uh, not in There's not much you can do with my hair, but uh, yeah, I'm like, God, you know, those arms. That was a stud back then, so it was Chris. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Chris beat me on that in that one. I beat her in 81, and then she she returned the favor in 82. Is that a Kuya? Uh, yeah. Toyota. Toyota was the sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. How did you say revenge was best served? Um, who, who, was the, uh, who was the men's winner that year? Anyone know? I had to, I look, it. No I had to look it up. Villander? Johan Creek. We forget about oh, him. He's a uh, major winner in Australia. So uh, good, good for him in 1982. That was Chrissy's first Australian Open title. Yeah. 13th major overall. And then she beat me again, I think. A couple of years later. Best served? Yeah. Was it? Best served? I think served they warm? left a lot of Australian I mean, Opens on the table. Like yes. Yeah, for exactly. so many years. Right. I really don't like Chris. Send our love to Chris. <laughs>
Uh, Victoria Azarenka, she's a two-time champ in Australia. Getting limber, getting ready to go. Everybody's got uh, some different stretching routines. Learn something here on TC Live. That's not a stretch. That's a workout <laughs> these days. Back on TC Live, presented by Geico. It's that time, worth time, stat of the day. What do you got, John? We just saw Vika Victoria Azarenka warming up. This is not so much a stat of the day as a narrative, but uh, it was 10 years ago that she won this title for the first time. And I think, you know, somebody said, well, 10 years, she's been in the top 10. Whatever. Look at the list of players that made the round of 16 a decade ago. Um, look at how many of them are in the draw a decade later. Well, she is the only one. I don't know if Lindsay Davenport played in... 2012, but I think, you know, it's, it's, I just think it's interesting from, from a storytelling point of view that careers are longer than ever, but still, there's generational turnaround, and all credit to Azarenka. Ten years later, none of the other players in the round of 16 with her a decade ago are yeah. even in the draw. Well, Kritova, I think, was the only one that was still in the draw, yeah. that, that had been in the draw. Uh, yeah, amazing tur turnover, which is funny because we have more longevity, but in this instance, yeah. uh, there's not much. Azarenka's still here right. and but, knocking on the door. But I feel like we do this all the time. You know, Holop's been in the top ten for seven years, and it's sort of it's a stat we roll off. But you go back and say, that is really impressive, just given how many players that started are, aren't playing tennis anymore. So uh, that's all, all of which is to say good for Victoria Azarenka. Yeah, only a few of those active players right now. Right. So, Serena? And she's a monster. Serena on there? Serena? Right. Masiki? Uh, let's take a look at our big matches coming up today. Bedosa and Keys, Jesse Pagula, Maria Sakri, Nadal taking on Adrian Manorino, Alexander Zverev against Denis Shapovalov, and Amanda Anasimova looking to take down the world number one, Ash Barty. I love all these matches. What's your match of the day, Steve? Mm. What do you got? Match of the day. Barty Anasimova is my match Ooh. of the day. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's the one I'm, I'm most interested in. That Have said, played before. No, yes, first, yeah, the Roland Garros 2019, oh. when Amanda oh, led by a set right three there. love. Semi. Yeah. yeah, and Barty said that changed everything for her, yeah. being able to come back from that match. Barty was also five love in the first. It was a yes. crazy right. match for yep. two sets. Five love in the first, ended up losing the first <laughs> set, then down three love. Yeah, that was a crazy one. Sliding doors. I'll give you guys something to watch. Um, Rafa plays Manorino. They've played twice. Rafa hasn't lost a set. He does well against lefties. Manorino was up until they were playing infomercial. They got off the court at 233. I, I think Rafa's your overwhelming favorite. Winner to play Zverev and Dennis. If those guys beat each other up for five sets, that could really mm. benefit uh, the, the guy who's trying to win his 21st major. Sometimes you need a little bit of luck, mm -hmm. and you don't know where it's coming from. It could be scheduling. It could be weather. It could be draw, an injury. I mean, it always is something, but that's what happened to Novak, I feel, at the U.S. Open. He just had so many tough matches, right? I think it was Berrettini, and then it was Verev in five sets. By the time he got to the final, he was gassed. Medvedev had kind of cruised through that bottom mm -hmm. section of the draw, much fresher. Rafa would be, I think, keeping an eye on that if he gets through Manorino in the last day match, hoping that that match yeah, goes yeah. five sets. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Rafa, when you get older, you need a little bit of help. Uh, it, it used to be that Rafa didn't need any help. Didn't matter what the draw was, whether, whatever happened, he was ready. Now he needs maybe a little bit of help. So, as Lindsay said, if Shapovalov can get can his ref tired or even beat him, mm. you know, that would open yeah. up the draw for him. But against Manorino, he must be 
dealing, dealing his oats here. Yep. He's won his last 20 matches against lefties. Could go lefty-lefty yeah, lefty lefty if he gets Dennis Shapovalov, who's actually the last guy, last lefty to beat him back in 2017. Our Tennis Express head-to-head -head between Alexander Zverev and Dennis Shapovalov. 4-2 for the German, but the Canadians won two of the last three. So they played in the ATP Cup the last two, two years, years. Two years running. Yeah. yeah, well, not this year, but two years previously. And it went shop of Alice and then Zverev. Yeah. In the same, same continent, same surface. Uh, interesting matchup. Zverev has been very smooth so far. Uh, big step up in caliber of opponent today, though. Yeah, Zverev must be feeling the pressure because he's been knocking on the door, big expectations. Mm -hmm. Then he was two sets to love against team at the US Open, ends up losing it. A couple points from the winning. He must, he must start feeling the pressure even more so now. So, and now with Novak not here, the pressure even grows. We'll see right. how he handles it. I think the same with Chapo, though. I think he feels the pressure to have a, another big result at a major. He made a great run at Wimbledon. I think he wants to cement himself, though, as a top 10 player. Uh, we'll see who, who plays. I don't know. I, I feel like Zverev's going to get through. He's been solid. He's been yeah. serving well. Yeah. Those issues seem to be gone. All gone. Yep. They seem to be. All right. A lot to be excited about. And, of course, we will recap all of those matches tomorrow right here on TC Live. Join us at 5 p.m. Eastern, as you do every day, for two hours. And how about this? Our encore coverage, we've got two times. Watch at 7 a.m. You can also watch at 11 a.m. Eastern. For Martina, Lulu, <laughs> Lindsay, and John, I'm Steve. Thanks for joining us.